What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to the Monkey Mind Podcast. This is episode nine, and it's a breakthrough episode. We got our first ever baseball player, Gavin Pittori. Played at Wesleyan University, L.A. Dodgers prospect. We had him on. He told us a story. And, yeah, without wasting any more time, let's get right into it. What's up, brother? What's up? Um, Danny, this is Gavin. Nice um, to meet you, man. What's going on, Danny? Nice to meet you, too, bro. Thanks for coming on. Appreciate it. Yeah, of course. No problem. Um, all right. Let's just uh, get right to it. Um, so, anyone listening, this one's going to be a little different. Um, you know, Danny and I are hockey players, and um, you know, all of the guests have been kind of affiliated with hockey in some way or the other. But um, today we're going to have Gavin Pittori on. Um, Gavin is a baseball player. And, um, you know, obviously, with everyone being hockey, um, we don't want to focus on that. We just want to focus on athletes in general. Um, so, Gav, tell us a little little bit about uh, yourself in regards to, you know, just a little personal uh, background, your journey through uh, your playing career, and then, um, you know, touch a little bit on just kind of how the uh, – Mental health side um, played a part in that. All that, yeah, definitely. Um, I definitely appreciate you guys having me on. Appreciate being the uh, the first non hockey guy breaking the barrier. <laughs> Love it. Yeah, yeah. You guys branching out. I know you know the hockey community is like a fraternity, so I know it means a lot to me coming on here. So appreciate. Oh yeah, welcome. <laughs> um, um, but yeah, my my journey. Um, where to start? I mean, I guess I, I've loved baseball ever since I was five. Flo, you know, my dad, who's a, a nut, um, especially <laughs> when it comes to baseball. I mean, he's a nut regarding everything, but especially baseball. Um, so I really didn't have a choice. But luckily, I fell in love with it pretty early. Um, growing up in kind of all over the place, I was in Dorchester, Quincy, Hull, Massachusetts, um, and then was in Weymouth um, with my mother. My parents were split. I uh, eventually settled in Rosendale, Mass, which is, you know, part of Boston for people that don't know. Um, and then that's really where my baseball uh, obsession kind of took off. Um, just, you know, Little League. Little League in, in our area, me and Flo, Parkway Little League is, is crazy. Who knows that? And anyone listening from Parkway knows that. It's not normal Little League. It's, it's intense. So... Um, you kind of have no choice but to to love it or, you know, you go play lacrosse or something. So, um, uh, but yeah, after that, I went to a, a private school in West Roxbury called Roxbury Latin, um, a competitive uh, league, the ISL, um, you know, with a, a lot of boarding schools, you know, good sports schools, uh, Noble, Belmont Hill, St. Paul, St. Mark's, like those places. Um, and, uh, I played baseball. I didn't make varsity to my junior year, which was a big moment for me. Um, that was tough. Uh, but, you know, once I was there, uh, I got a chance to get exposed kind of to some high-level baseball, um, some high-level recruiting. But I was mostly looking kind of like the D3 route um, and ended up settling at Wesleyan University in Connecticut, small D3 school. 
uh, and the NESCAC, uh, kind of an athletically focused conference, like the baby Ivies, we like to, we like to call it. <laughs> um, and um, yeah, once I was there, I, I was lucky. I had a, an amazing pitching coach, amazing head coach, um, pitching coach Chris Wojcik and head coach Mark Woodworth, who kind of like fostered um, me through it. I was definitely like immature physically and emotionally. Um, so they kind of held my hand while also, you know, let me kind of spread my wings a little bit and help me so much. Um, and, you know, year by year, I kind of improved going from like a, you know, a freshman who was all right, who was contributing a little bit to a sophomore who had a good season um, to a junior who, you know, ended up that year being one of the better pitchers in the league. Um, got a chance to go to the Cape Cod League that summer, um, which for those who don't know, it's like the premier uh, summer league for collegiate players. I mean, if you're not invited to Team USA, um, you're you're probably going to the Cape if you you know you go to like LSU or UCLA or places like that. Uh, so I was really thrown into the fire, exposed to some high level talent. I ended up having a good good summer as a relief pitcher. I made the All Star, um, and after that. I was getting um, real serious looks from a lot of teams. And um, the way baseball works is after after you graduate high school or after three years in college, you're eligible to get drafted. Uh, After my junior year, I didn't get drafted. Um, But um, I went and played in the summer and technically became a free agent. Um, And then that uh, July, so 2015, I signed with the Dodgers uh, free agent contract um and uh, i was shipped off to arizona and that's where my professional career started um i don't know if you guys want me to keep going for like another hour if you want to cut me off <laughs> i feel like i'm rambling but that, that was kind of the beginning and then obviously a whole nother chapter started um in like late july early august of 2015 yeah no um no just keep going we um we got all the time in the world pretty much, but, um, basically just, <clears throat> well, we can stop you there, but touch on, um, obviously, well, just for the record, uh, Roxbury Latin's probably one of the most prestigious, uh, high schools in Massachusetts based on academics. So, um, obviously just to you, commend you for being able to manage all that. And obviously you said you didn't make it till junior year. So that was probably, tough while balancing um you know the academic side but try and um try and touch on the adjustment from obviously you said that you know emotionally and physically freshman year but that transition from college to pro um you know some things that you found difficult or that you struggled with and um in the mental health aspect and how you adjusted to it and you know whether it be whatever helped kind of help that transition be a little easier for you for sure yeah I mean it was a huge transition um you know luckily I went away for college and I mean it's not like I went across the country but I was like two hours away from home so that helped me a little bit prepare for you know the culture shock of being taken away from your home and family and your friends and stuff but college to to the pros I mean it was a was a big shock to the system mainly because I was a D3 guy um you know thrown into the the Los Angeles Dodgers like one of the the more storied uh franchises in Major League Baseball 
thrown into their system with these guys who signed for millions of dollars, these guys who I used to watch on TV, you know, like I'm sitting on the couch in the summer with my hand down my pants. I'm watching these dudes on, on ESPN. <laughs> and it's like I, all of a sudden I'm side by side with them or pitching against them or whatever. And it's like you have to tell yourself we're equals now. You know, it's no longer are they people you look up to. It's it's people that, you know, you're competing with, competing against. Um, so that mentally um, was a hurdle that, you know, it took me a while to overcome. I wouldn't even say, like, even when I was done playing, I, I think I was still in the process of overcoming that um, mentally. Um, and then, you know, I was 21 when I signed. Uh, you know, I, I'm 26 now. I can talk about it like I'm an old man and I was, you know, immature and stuff. Um, but I, that really was the case. You know, I, I was 21 turning 22. Um, to me, the world was small. It was Boston, all my friends in Boston, going out to the bars for the, f the first time legally. And, you know, everyone doing all this stuff that to me looked friggin' unbelievable. And I was missing out on it in my head. You know, I was in Arizona. Um, I was in Michigan, in California, you know, living my dream, something I'd always wanted to do. Um, but it's easy to be kind of narrow-minded and think like all the stuff I was missing out on. So that was another thing mentally um that you know I, I was on I remember specifically in 2016 in the summer um all my friends were going out to the bar and stuff and they were all texting me it was like a big night um for my buddy's birthday and I was on a in the middle of an 11-hour bus ride to Kentucky on in the aisle on the ground trying to sleep while dudes were like shitting their pants and snoring all <laughs> and like it, I was like you know, I was pitying myself. It's easy to pity yourself, you know what I mean, when in reality I was in such an enviable position. So something I really tried to do, and I got better at as that first year went on, and especially the second year was to, like, you know, what you guys are focusing on, kind of like training your mind to, you know, focus on the, the positive, focus on things that are enriching you mentally, physically, um, and then that'll put you in a better spot to to take on any type of challenges thrown your way. So that summer, I really tried to just like invest in myself physically. Um, I mean, got in the best shape of my life. I mean, that's relative. I was got down to like 17% body fat, which best shape of my life. Yeah. Um, but for me, it was great. Um, and, you know, I was able to uh, really kind of lock it in and and focus on the task at hand um which i thought was a really useful tool for me uh and then after 2015 and 2016 i went back to school to finish up at wesleyan so i did a fall and a fall because i had a semester left um so yeah it was just kind of taking it um not looking too far ahead and just looking at what was in front of me and trying to crush that as much as I could and, and then on to the next thing. Yeah. I mean, <clears throat> I think that's great. And especially you going back to school because you see all the, I mean, especially in hockey guys will leave after um, just their freshman year, but I mean, fuck you get the occasional stud that will go to school for three weeks and realize that he actually had to pick up a book. But yeah. I mean, I, I commend your efforts to go back to school and, Danny can probably touch on this more is um, what you said about, um, you know, being in the best shape of your life, but also training your mind, because that's something that 
is so common in hockey because, you know, it's so demanding on the body and, you know, the strength and conditioning aspect is one thing, but a lot of athletes in general, let alone hockey players, forget to, you know, work on themselves. And I think it's great that you said that. And it's cool for us to see, you know, how different athletes work, such as baseball players and whatnot. But I mean, I mean, Danny has uh, kind of stressed that um, aspect of working on the mind too. So Danny, I mean, if you can kind of relate to that. Well, yeah, just some of the things that we mentioned before were about how, you know, you can spend the whole summer um, working out, hitting balls or, you know, practicing with your buddies, like doing skill work, all that. And then if you're not feeling confident, if you're not in the right frame of mind, all that physical work you did was for nothing because you can't put it together. Absolutely. Yeah. And I just think that's such an important piece that often gets neglected. Um, and there's obviously different tools and people do what works for them. But one thing that works for me was meditation. So I think that was something that helped me kind of calm my nerves. But, you know, that's a real thing is that I'm here moment and, and we're equals now that you experienced and how long it can, it can take some players to get to that moment. And some don't. And, and that's why you find yourself maybe out of the sport because you're too busy thinking like, oh, that, that, that lack of confidence outweighs how much physical effort you put in, you know? Absolutely. Like the difference between like a, a constant, like if in lifting or anything, like a concentrated rep versus like a mindless rep, you know, there's a difference. It's not just, you know, a rep is a rep, a pitch is a pitch, a swing is a swing. Um, there's different ways and to focus on it that help you more than say a mindless rep would. And that's, that's definitely like a huge aspect of baseball. And I know we, we do kind of, you know, all of us here come from different backgrounds and hockey is obviously a different sport than baseball. Um, but the mental side of baseball is, is massive. And it's not something that I was ever really taught uh, systematically growing up. Um, it was like here and there and different cues and triggers and stuff to focus on, but it was never uh, brought to me as a mindset, as an approach until I got um, to pro ball where um, the Dodgers especially, and you'll find like different organizations are, are better at certain things. They were, they were amazing at pretty much everything across the board. Um, but specifically we had a, um, like a mental health, a strong mind, strong body program um, with a director who, you know, would lead us through exercises in spring training and stuff like that. And it was, it was to train our minds just as hard as we were training our bodies because in baseball, you know, as a reliever too, specifically, I was a reliever at that level. Um, you go out one night and um, you struggle and you're expected to bounce back the next day. And it's the, the slate is completely wiped clean, you know, and if you let it affect you or if you let it carry over, it's obviously going to affect your performance. So that was something that um, took me a while. And even still, like, it's not to say that by the end of the, my time at the Dodgers, I was, you know, like, you know, Mr. Miyagi and had all my like senses <laughs> completely mastered, but I, I was getting there, you know, there was definitely, I could feel the progress and feel the change. Um, so it definitely is something that's so important. I think what, what you guys are trying to do, bring it to light is the first step um, because it is, you know, mental health in terms of struggling and asking for help, you know, that's slightly different than training your mind to uh you know controlling your mind to think a certain way and to have a certain outlook but they go hand in hand in that i think neither of them are 
talked about or um, approached as much as they should be at a younger level specifically, you know. And then when you get the opportunity to to learn them like you did with the Dodgers, it's like, well, you're already at this point 21. It, those are habits that if you don't do them when you're younger, it's harder to just throw that in because you don't know anything else. But, yeah, I just I get want to get better at baseball, I hit more balls. I, yeah. you know work on whatever skill it is you need to work. So when you're 21, you're told to, well, you better add this now. It's, it's, you're like, why? I've been just fine. I made it here without it. You know, I think it's something that needs to be taught at a younger age for sure. And, and emphasize as important as it, you right. know, it is. Absolutely. But um, go ahead, Flo. What are you going to say? Yeah, go, going off that, I'm actually glad you mentioned it. With uh, What did you say? Strong body, strong, strong mind? Strong mind, yep. So... <clears throat> So you had that with the Dodgers, but when you were at Wesleyan, did you have any like any sort of sports psychologist or sort of similar programs that kind of worked on? Because something um, we've kind of discussed in almost every episode is uh, the availability of a sports psychologist or somebody that um, is capable or just available to the team or the players and whatnot to just talk to and you know kind of pick their brain on something specific and. Um, yeah, did you have anything at Wesleyan that was kind of similar or just like what options did you have there? And do you wish you had more of them? So that I'm, I'm glad you brought that up because, uh, it reminded me of something I did want to say. Um, I'm not actually sure whether we, we did or didn't have those resources. They certainly weren't made, uh, obvious because clearly I don't even know after having been there for three years, I'm not even sure. But yeah, uh, something I, I did want to say, even even with the Dodgers, when we had them and we had mandatory meetings and we were we were forced to to tackle this stuff head on, I still, as a twenty two year old kid, was like, I mean, this this shit doesn't apply to me. Like I'm I'm living my dream. I'm like in spring training right now. You know, I had my issues with mental health in the past, but something I had art always done was try and separate so I had I had like a lot of um you know stuff to overcome personally in my personal life but I always separated that from baseball there was always kind of like um I think Flo I was listening to you saying um that hockey was always your outlet kind of like a cathartic like release you know and when you didn't have that anymore it was tough to you know channel that energy that previously had gone into baseball um maybe hockey rather. But for me, um, I was always kind of able to split those two things up. So even when I was being told, you know, um, you have to think of yourself. A big thing that they taught us was compartmentalizing. So it was like in that moment, 22, 23-year-old baseball player, healthy, feeling great, excited for the season and spring training and stuff. Like, you know, who are you? Because a lot of you guys are thinking yourselves as baseball players, and that's the entirety of of your person but someday for everyone whether you're a, you have a 20-year career you're a 10-time all-star or whether you get released tomorrow there's going to come a day when you're no longer a baseball player and you have to look inside it and realize you know that although people at home and people may know you as that kid you know who who made it or that kid who's with the Dodgers like that's not who you are and you have so much more inside you that you need to um, tap into and to understand um, but it's hard when you're not there yet it's almost like you can't 
you, I, when I was playing, it was hard for me to think ahead to when I wasn't because it's like I don't even know what that's like. I've been playing my whole life. How can I picture what it's like to not be playing? Mm-hmm. Um, so I think for anyone still playing, it's just like it's so hard to think of what your situation like a different situation than you're in right now but it's key it's something you have to practice like putting yourself in those situations so you can prepare yourself for when that day ultimately comes it's so weird you say that man because we just had um a sports psychologist on and that was one of our main topics and um i mean i can relate and completely understand about uh you know what you're saying about like for you as a baseball player like it's kind of what people like around like that kid that's in the Dodgers. That's kind of like I can relate to it because it's especially being from Western Oxford, it's small, every, like all the athletes. And like, that's how I felt with Buffalo when it first happened. I'm like, I felt like if I left or stopped playing that I was going to let like people down or be like, Holy shit, this guy wasted fucking talent. I'm like, I'm not going to risk being completely fucking miserable in this black hole just because of people assuming that all I am is a hockey player because there's so much more to me. There's so much more to you. There's so much more to everyone other than just being titled as a fucking athlete or a Dodger that, or a Buffalo Sabre. Spot on. I like, and I'm sorry to, to cut you off, but that's, that's completely, that's exactly what I was trying to say. And our situations are, are different. In that, you know, you started struggling, you recognized it, and you knew you had to step away. For me, it was taken away from me. You know, my I guess you could say my body failed me. That's a little dramatic. I don't like saying it like that. But, you know, it came to a point where I wasn't – I was, you know, released, and my shoulder couldn't withstand the, the strain anymore, and so it was time to step away. So, for me, it was less like, oh – you know, I, I need to keep playing so I I don't let these people down. It was like I did let these people down. I let myself down. I let my dad down. It's over. So when I was done, I was done, done. Like I, I ran away from baseball completely, like avoided it. Like it was on TV, switch it, then watch the Red Sox. Like tried to bury myself in other stuff and tell myself I was fine. But it wasn't. It was like, it was like a breakup that I don't – I don't think I'll ever have a breakup that bad. Like it was the worst <laughs> breakup you could ever possibly imagine. Cause it's like, I was dating baseball since I was five years old. And then all of a sudden when I'm 23, I get dropped like a bad habit, you know? And it was something that I had to try and reconcile. Um, just like any breakup, you kind of like, what did I do? Is it me? What, what happened? What's wrong? Um, and I kind of fell into a cycle of self pity and, you know, my coping mechanism was was running, it was running away from it and avoiding all things baseball. Um, you know, I had opportunities afterwards um, to coach or to go into baseball, something I always wanted to do and I still do want to do. But instead of embracing them, I was it was like in my head it was too painful, so I I completely avoided it. Um, but yeah, so can you? Like, obviously, um, you know, every day is a struggle for a lot of people, including myself. Um, are there things that you do now and um, that just kind of try and help you, like, manage that, like, feeling of not necessarily running away from it? Because, like, I get what you're saying completely. Like, 
it, it is hard to watch and whatnot, but are, are there different ways that you've kind of adjusted or, you know, different things that, you know, you do to distract your mind to get away from anything negative and just put you back on that kind of positive vibe train? So, yeah. Uh, I mean, besides so watching El Chinchilla. No, yeah, I'm actually watching him right now. I'm the sole caretaker at the moment, so he's alive, so we're good. Um, I, uh, I, I wish I was better than I am at making concentrated efforts to to be able to cope. It's kind of like I mean, coping is like by nature subconscious, right? Like you don't always know you're coping when you do. Um, so, but I guess the point of this whole thing is to be able to understand yourself and train your mind, um, to think positively. So I think now even, so it's almost three years, um, to the day that I was released. Um, and I was released the day before game of Thrones new season premiered, which that's my only gripe that I still have that <laughs> you couldn't let me enjoy the new season. Like Daenerys is, is showing up on Dragonstone and I'm like, crying at home like what the fuck <laughs> anyway that's the only gripe i still have almost three years later like that was messed up if gabe kapler gabe kapler if you hear this come on dude that was that was <laughs> I, i've actually i've actually never seen game of thrones really yeah so you got time check it out um, um i now after almost three years I'm I'm just starting to kind of um, really get back into it in terms of uh, I'm going to coach uh, American Legion, the local American Legion team here this summer. They're doing like a, a shortened season, so I'm going to help out there. My stepbrother is on the team. Um, it's the same team I played for. So, I mean, I can't wait to get back into that. Um, and I think my – I guess my way of coping or my way of um, channeling – my feelings in a healthy way is getting back out there and um, teaching kids all the stuff that I learned, like not only from my dad growing up and my coaches growing up, but in pro ball um, and in college and helping prepare these kids um, for whatever they want to do, whether it's they want to um, play in college or they just want to have a great summer, good season or whatever, um, or learn some, you know, some good um, just life lessons i'm i'm excited to be able to do that um and that's not something i would have been able to do two years ago or uh, a year ago just because you know i was still having my pity party and i regret that but that was just the way i i kind of handled it well uh, man going off of that sorry to interrupt you but i remember um i was out with my uh two of my brothers a little while back and i i saw uh your dad and Going back to what we said about, like, people kind of assuming us as a baseball player or whatnot, I guarantee you, and I'm almost positive he said this, that he just wanted you to be back in the game. And I guarantee you he's going to have as much joy watching you coach and just be back into your element and kind of helping is that, others. Is that what he said to you? He's he's full of shit. He says to me all the time. He's like, "Why are you playing again? You no 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 no. Listen, listen, listen. But I'm saying, once he does see you and sees you enjoying baseball from a completely different aspect, as well as so many other people, it's gonna give you joy. And I 
can speak from experience because I went to coach and the January and you know I wasn't looking forward to it I left because I resented hockey and I wanted to get away from it but I still need a fucking job yeah so I bit the bullet and it ended up being the best decision of my life but it was also the most fun I had and I like I found that love of hockey again and I don't mean in the aspect of like, obviously, I wanted to go back to playing and still do. But, like, I found my love in general. Like, just being at the rink, like, making me feel like a kid again. Like, just fucking around. Like, it, it yeah. was it was a great time. Like, I also, as much as they say that I taught them, I learned so much from them. Because I wish I had somebody that had gone through some shit in whatever way possible. Yeah. That could have helped me back. Because, like, back in high school, it was a fucking mental case. Yeah, but no, I know, I know it. I mean, you sounded a little cheesy there, but you're right. I, I totally understand. <laughs> like, not only did I teach them, but they taught me. No, but you're right, though. I get it. <laughs> and it's like it. It is though something like kind of we've touched on already uh, in this conversation, but it's like such a taboo topic. I remember at Roxbury Latin, there. I think they're better than most in, in terms of it's an all boys school, so they're better than most at kind of being in touch with those types of issues in terms of like toxic masculinity. I remember we had a whole, like uh, we called it like halls, like an assembly on toxic masculinity. Um, and just kind of like holding, you hold yourself to a standard as a young man of like what you should be and how tough you should be and how you should act in certain situations. And that definitely overlaps in sports and especially when sports are taken away from you. It's like, okay, I've always been an athlete, this tough guy, not supposed to talk about my feelings, not supposed to, you know, show emotion. Or if you do show emotion, it's only, you're only supposed to show it a certain way, like pumping your fist after a strikeout or like, mm -hmm. you know, you know, getting in an ump's face that he, if he makes a bad call, like that's, that has always shown you as that's your healthy way of expressing emotion. But it's something that can be taught and should be taught at a younger age that it's like, no, there's so many other outlets and ways to health, healthily express yourself uh, on the field, off the field. And if you start, like Danny, you were saying, like those habits that you build, mm -hmm. like I just learned about it when I was 21, 22. But if I had been at least introduced to it when I was 12, 13, 14, who knows um, like what the outcome would have been. Like, maybe I wouldn't have run away like after I was released. Or maybe I would have, you know, jumped right back into baseball or stuff like that. Um, so I think it is so important that this topic is at least being broached by you guys and, and hopefully, you know, it'll, this will blow up and it, it'll be a way to, to share this with like tons of youth sports, high school sports, college pros, everything. Yeah. You, you bring up a great point with the whole toxic masculine masculinity thing is that, uh, I mean, <clears throat> not that this is a toxic masculinity thing, but in sports in general, you kind of just – you're taught to just battle through adversity. And when you're going through something with your mental health, you kind of just see it as adversity, you know? Like, you know, you, you lose three, three straight. That's adversity. How You, you got to go back to the fourth game and keep playing. So when you go through something mentally, you just think it's like, yeah, it's just some adversity I got to get through, which I think there, gotta, there has to be a better job at differentiating that performance – actual skill-wise performance, like you have a bad game. 
But when shit is messing you up on the ice because of what's going on up in your head, that's a completely different subject that I think needs to be differentiated between, you know, between performance and what's going like, you know, your mental health, because I think I need to get taught at a young age, because for me, when I left, I left twice this year to come home to see a therapist. And I'm surprised that I took this many episodes to say this, but the people at Make and Mayhem were unbelievable. Ryan Michael, the head coach there, and Blair Floyd, the general manager, were unbelievable to me. So if you're listening, thank you so much for all the support. They were incredibly supportive. But walking into that office for the second time to tell my coach uh, that I was leaving to go home to see a therapist and I was going to walk away from hockey for right now was so humiliating because I was so embarrassed to have to go back into the locker room and like, I felt like I was letting everybody down in that locker. Room. Like, yeah. then you come off as like, oh, he doesn't want to be here. He's a shit guy. And, and that has nothing to do with the players on the team. because The players were unbelievable to me. And they were super accepting. But this is just right. what's working in my own head. Yeah. You know? And that's because, made, because that of what, is, it's what had been instilled in you your whole life. Like, that it definitely is toxic masculinity. It's like, you have this idea that you weren't allowed to allow yourself to to take care of yourself like you had to no matter what stick through it and that's exactly. definitely something that had in sports specifically is drilled into you from a young age so that's i think that's exactly what toxic masculinity yeah. is like everyone else was supporting you you were the only one not supporting yourself exactly and i was so embarrassed i remember walking past his office like five times i yeah. was so nervous to like go in yeah. there and then like, I, I was overwhelmed i started breaking down crying in his office she was like i am so sorry I'm so sorry. Like, I can't do this anymore right now. I need to go, go, go home and get help. And he was just unbelievably accepting of it. He was the, yeah. like, Ryan Michael, like, best, best guy out there. Right? Like, you know, he was just so, so good to me. And it was just like, all right, like, he's got my back. And that felt good. But then it was just like, That's shit, now I got to go in and tell the team. Yeah. And that, that was the hardest thing, man. But those guys were great to me. But that, that's just one thing that I think, you know, it shouldn't be uncomfortable. That's my Definitely. point in saying all this is that it's your mental health. This is something way more important. And I think if we teach that at a younger age, like, you know, maybe someone's out there who doesn't have the courage to, to, to step up and say something like, I just hit a breaking point. So it wasn't, right. it wasn't even courage me at that point. It was just, I had a breaking point. It's, it's courage though. I mean, there's, think about like, I feel like there are tons of people who instead of stepping up and doing that, they let themselves spiral even further until tragedy, you know, and, and you were able to recognize it. And you say that, you know, kind of, you didn't even have a choice. You had to do it for yourself, but you did it. And now you're here, like reaching out and helping people on this platform. However, it may be like, I think that's, that's great. Yeah, no, but I just think it was a great – thanks. And I appreciate that, but I just think it was a great point that you brought up. I, I didn't know if it was considered to- toxic masculinity, but just, like, that whole thing, which, I mean, I guess it is considered toxic masculinity, that you just – you grin and bear it. You, you, you yeah. eat it on the chin, and then you just keep going. That's what you're taught as an athlete, as a man. Just you got to wear it. You got to keep going. But I think we got to do a better job of differentiating that. Okay, yeah, there's going to be bad games. Those are the things you move past. But when, yeah. there's, a, when there's a pattern of – you beating yourself up, countless sleepless nights, not eating, losing weight, and potentially spiraling down, down ways that you, you shouldn't be. Like that's when it's like, okay, this isn't even adversity. This is you got to get help. So that's, absolutely, yeah. But Gav, uh, why don't you uh, obviously being the first baseball guy on here, 
and um, whatnot. Why don't you uh, toss out your uh, socials just in case any baseball players are listening and want to reach out, could be in the same position, you know, could be beneficial for both of you. Like my social security number? <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah. <laughs> I don't even well, like my Instagram. I don't even know it off the top of my head. Wait, give me a second. You know. <laughs> oh, okay. My you want my Instagram? Is that what you're talking about? It yeah, if you have Instagram and Twitter, just uh just I don't really have an active Twitter. Um but all right, the, the just Instagram. <laughs> Instagram uh is G as in Gavin. Pit P I T T. 1393 gpit 1393 i'm on there every day so if you want to toss me a dm uh feel free but yeah that's that's pretty much it and uh you know if there's anything that you could you know kind of just end with and you know any message you want to give anyone for that matter not even baseball hockey soccer whatever the fuck it may be just you know whatever you got yeah um i mean I guess kind of like I talked a lot about my coping mechanism being running and I probably even understated it, but it was years of me kind of just avoiding the problem. Like avoidance, I guess maybe is like the psychological term. Um, But, you know, I would, I would encourage anyone going through something like that. I, I really do think it's okay to, to be sad for a little bit. I think that's fine. And that's another thing that's tied, you know, you're told, it's not okay to be sad. I think it is. And like Danny was emphasizing, there's a difference. You have to know how to differentiate between being sad, you know, like a little, you know, bummed for, or like being like, have like clinically depressed. Like there's a difference. And I think it's okay to be sad for a little bit, but it's important not to avoid your problems or run from them. I think finding healthy ways to channel um, that pain is important and it's important right away. Um, whether it's talking to, you know, a professional talking to a friend, like Flo, you talked about talking to your dad, just like about car troubles, like stuff like that. And, or, and then finding a way to, um, finding an outlet, a new outlet after sports is done to express, you know, yourself and that part of yourself that doesn't just go away just because you're not currently under contract or currently, at a school like it doesn't just disappear um so instead of running from that part of yourself finding a way um to embrace it in a different healthy way um and i think too something i didn't really touch on i kind of mentioned like the personal side of things like i it sounds weird to say i was lucky to go through stuff like growing up um like i, I lost my mother at a young age and i was living with her and then had to move in um you know, with my dad and my grandmother. I say had to, but I mean, you know, it was a change up when I was seven. And then, you know, when I was in college, my grandmother passed away. We lost the house I grew up in, stuff like that. It's stuff that like was like foundation rattling stuff that I had to, I had to accept and I couldn't run from because it was so much a part of my life every day um, that I think made me stronger. And I know there's, so many people out there and people listening um, that have gone through things equally as hard, if not harder. So being able to use those tragedies um, as a way to cope with 
the new the new tragedies minor tragedies micro tragedies that come your way like regarding sports you know it's not always that serious but if you're able to reflect on how you dealt with stuff like that in the past and apply it um to the new things that you face i think that is one of the most important skills to acquire and it can be learned and taught um so yeah um uh, i think i'm off my soapbox for now that's all, <laughs> that's all i got well yeah um I'm glad you mentioned that last part just because, you know, it adds to um, just how special your story is. And, I mean, there's probably a ton of times that you could have just, you know, kept running earlier and you stuck with it. And, um, you know, I'm just – I'm glad that you're so open. And, you know, I appreciate it because um, I feel like that's a big problem for some people. And, you know, the fact that they come on, they listen to your story and talk about, you know – difficult things that aren't easy for everyone um you know i just want to tell you how much i appreciate that and uh, you coming on obviously you got a great story and you know we've known each other for a long time i get the utmost respect for you and nikki (laughs) but um yeah but um you know i just want to thank you and um i mean keep trucking along you know we're always here for you we're in your corner and um you know i'm looking forward to you uh coaching because uh you know it's gonna be a new environment and you know i got nothing to do so <laughs> but, thanks no man well, yeah, i, I really so much coming on that. man yeah thank you guys and thank you danny thanks flo i mean listening to you know your first episode and i've listened um to a few after that i haven't i'm not all the way caught mm-hmm. up but just the way you guys um express yourself so openly and um honestly I think that's the only way this type of thing works is if you are speaking as, as freely as you possibly can, um, because that encourages everyone else to do the same. Um, yeah. I mean, what you guys are doing is amazing. I really appreciate you having me on, like I said, breaking the, the sports barrier going into baseball. Hopefully this opens the floodgates now and we can get, um, you know, all types of sports on here. Uh, that would be, that would be cool to listen to. And I look forward to um, listening. And I, you got a fan for life over here. So thanks, so much, guys. Man. Appreciate it. Thank hey, you. Hey, if, uh, if you got any uh, baseball buddies that, you know, want to talk about anything and whatnot, you know, reach out and tell them to, uh, you know, let Dude, us know. We'd love to have Nolan. Them. Nolan. Yeah. I'll, uh, I'll reach out to him. That's a good point, actually. And, and Packy. I can reach out to him, too. Yeah. Uh, yeah, have them text you and then you just text me. Okay. All right. Sounds good. Hey, thanks again, man, so much. Thanks yeah. for being open and coming on here. No problem. I appreciate it. No problem, boys. Hope it turns out all right. Hopefully it wasn't a waste of a of a. <laughs> <laughs> no. Okay. No. All right. All right. Let's see you, buddy. Have a good day. Yeah, you too. Thanks. See ya.